Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From the corner, Barry. Rick Barry has not missed a free throw against Washington. Now it is Barry. Back to Clifford Ray. Goes to Rick Barry. Golden State getting that ball moving. Intended for Barry. Barry, look at that pass. Rick Barry, look at that shot, would you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry wants to make a move. There's a Barry. He's got his shot. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Rick Barry Show with my sidekick. That's right. The surf man himself. Uh, yes, Iris, that's just uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. And who would have thunk it, as they say, that when we first started doing this at the beginning of the season, that we'd be here talking about the Warriors in the finals against the Boston Celtics. I don't think anybody would have picked those two teams to be in the finals. But that's the beauty of sports, especially the world of basketball, because mm-hmm. anything can happen, as I always have said. Always expect the unexpected when it comes to the NBA. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that Major League Baseball is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source. For all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Don't hesitate. Go to betonline.com. They are your source for all your sports gambling information. And it's just a fun, easy way to bet. It's super easy to get started. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. And that's exactly what's happening. Things have really just fallen into place for the Warriors. They started playing after going through a very tough stretch there later in the season. They got their act together. People got healthy. And without question, I don't think there's anybody who could disagree with uh, this assessment. The Warriors right now are playing the best basketball of anybody in the playoffs. And I did a little something earlier with Tim Legler, and uh, he concurred with me that if everything was in a perfect world and in the finals, the Warriors play their best basketball and the Celtics play their best basketball, the Warriors will win the championship. Yes. Now, the beauty of sports is that rarely ever happens. <laughs> that <everybody laughs> plays their best basketball every time they step out on the court. So it's going to be a matter of which team plays their best basketball more than the other team. And if it's Mm -hmm. the Warriors, they will win. If it's the Celtics, then the Celtics have the chance of winning. No question about that. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Listening to my favorite thing, the other rather talking heads who never played the game at this level, (laughs) who seem to think that they know everything about the game. They were bringing up all of these people, and they made some very valid and and, and good points. However, they neglected to bring up two players when they were talking about the Warriors that I think are going to be critical elements to their success because Mm -hmm. they were certainly in the last series. And that's Mitchell. That's Wiggins, right? That's Wiggins and also uh, Looney. Yes, sir. I mean, there's no question that the two of them were exceptional in that series. And an integral part of the success that the Warriors 
enjoyed in going to the uh, going to the finals. So if they can play at that level and get a Clay Thompson playing well for the entire series because he's been on a rather roller coaster ride offensively. I mean, yes. the game number five, I had told people before, I said, I'm not a betting person, but there's no doubt in my mind that Clay Thompson is not going to shoot 28% from threes for the entire playoff series. And he came through, you know, big time. And you heard him afterwards. He even was saying, man, I knew I should have cut a couple other ones. I should have knocked down. I mean, he already made eight. I mean, he's thinking he should have made 10 or more three pointers. Uh-huh. You know, just keep playing like that, you know, Clay, and then that'll be, that'll be absolutely fine. And then everybody else contributing. I mean, even Steph didn't have, I, I think a particularly, uh, impressive uh, you know fi- finals in the western conference that wasn't his best basketball but yet it was certainly good enough to get the mvp award and to also help the team come away with a victory but mm-hmm. i expect i expect steph will be will be better a lot of people think maybe that's not the case because they say well he's never stepped up in the big time of blah 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 well you know what steph's bad games are better than most players good games And occasionally he's going to have a tough stretch, but here's the beauty of it. The Warriors now have what they had when KD was with them. That is, they have three players who are capable of getting them 30 points on any given night. And when you have three players capable of putting 30 points up on the board for you, you are a very difficult team to defend and to defeat. And I don't care how good the Boston Celtic defense is, they barely got by the Miami Heat. Talking about, oh, they barely, you know, I mean, you know, they're the best team, had the best defense, they were great. Hey, they were lucky. They were lucky that that, that old Jimmy Bucket's shot didn't go in that three-pointer that he took. Otherwise, they could have easily lost in seven games. So what are they raving about all of this? And I would have to say that the backcourt of the Miami Heat can't really compare to the backcourt of the Golden State Warriors. I mean, Correct. This, this is night and day. So you have two of the greatest shooters ever. And here's the other factor. How about experience? What experience do the Boston Celtics have being in this situation? None. Nada. <laughs> Zero. So that's that's a factor that uh, tell I'm telling you from my experience. Here's the thing. I played in one in my first in my second year in the league. And I can tell you that I learned so much in playing in that series, which we lost in a a six-game series to one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers at that time, Mm -hmm. back in 1967. And I learned that you can't get so emotionally worked up about playing in such an important game because it drains your energy. Getting so hyped and so pumped up, it drains you. I, I I learned that it really drains you. And that's something that the Boston Celtics haven't experienced. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of young guys there. And I'm telling you, they're going to get pumped up. I mean, they've never been on a stage this bright ever in their life. I mean, I don't care what your experience is, you know, at Duke and playing in the NCAA tournament. That's not the NBA championship. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys deal with that and how they're able to perform under these under this situation, which is requiring you to play your best basketball in order to become the champion, which they all hope are hoping to do. It's mm-hmm. not an easy thing. And you can get caught up in it because 
it comes down to, and again, the word that everybody else uses, the pressure. If you don't have great confidence in yourself in this situation, haven't been there before, the enormity of the expectations being placed upon you in this situation could indeed create pressure for these players because the situation is critical. In critical situations, if you don't have confidence in yourself, those are the situations that indeed can become pressure because pressure is not there to begin with. It's only get it's only there when the expectations are so high for you to perform at a high level and you don't have the confidence in yourself to go out and get it done and you allow the enormity of the situation to impact you. How's that for an opening? That is uh you're going to make Dub Nation so happy with that. That is a <laughs> bravo. Great great opener. Yes, that is one hell of an opener, Rick. Uh well, in your in your opinion, Rick, uh, yeah, we're gonna let's obviously talk Warrior Celtics. There's so much history in this. I mean, I these are the number two, number three teams in terms of, in terms of NBA Finals appearances. The Celtics second all time, Warriors third. Um, it, you know the history of it, the pageantry of it. There's superstars in there. Well, how do you think? Am I? You know, I I was talking to Gary St. Jean, uh, and 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 he agreed with me on this. I'd love to know what you think. I don't think the Celtics have enough scoring to keep up with the Warriors. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no question. I mean, the Warriors are much more proficient. As I said, they have two guys. Two guys, I'm saying, they have two guys who can get you 30 on any night. Two. So if one of them has a bad night, it's tough, right? The Warriors have three, right? Three guys that can get you 30. In fact, four, because Wiggins can do it, too, if you give them the opportunity. But they have three who have been proven to do that on a fairly consistent basis because of the development of Poole, who, as I, we've talked about on numerous occasions, that I have so much admiration and respect for him to have gone from where he was being sent down to the G League and taking advantage of the situation to improve himself and get him mentally ready. Well, he's turned himself into a really nice player for the Warriors and somebody that's going to be around for a long time. You've got two guys towards the end of their career and Steph and Clay and, you know, even Draymond being older. But now you've got a young pool who's there and, and you've got Wiggins who's younger. And then hopefully you're going to have you're, you're, you're going to have everybody back and healthy. Maybe Wiseman come back and he becomes the player that people think he has the potential of becoming. So that has the chance. And then you add more to the equation that keeps an opportunity for the Warriors to, again, get into that L.A. Laker Showtime, San Antonio Spurs, incredibly impressive for a decade or so. That doesn't happen all that often. The Boston Celtics back in their time to have a long period of time when you are one of the preeminent teams in the league and you have a chance to play for championships. This could be like a 20-year run in theory, depending on how Jonathan Kaminga and... and oh, yeah, and there's another guy. Kaminga has the chance. I, mean, I, I saw a lot of good stuff on him when I, when I was watching him. Uh, he... He's, they've just scratched the surface of his potential. And it seems like he has a great attitude. And if he, if he learns from the experience that he's gotten this particular season, uh, he'll be a much better player for the Golden State Warriors next season without question, because he's mm -hmm. got the athleticism. Uh, I like the fact that he has a nice feel for the game. He actually sees the court. He gets the ball to people. He's not, he's not one dimensional. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about mm prospects of the future for the for the golden state warriors especially depending upon uh who they wind up coming up with in the in the next draft and and even you know Kaminga's uh you know rookie you know rookie buddy i mean is he got in the game with the other day and got uh what he got eight points or something like that made made some nice shots 
there was one huge shot he made, especially with the shot clock running out. I don't know if you remember that play, but you're right. He's his defense is what's sticking out to me. But he's yeah, it's incredible for a 19 year old. I think he just turned 20 uh, today or yesterday. We're recording this on a May 31st. Um, yeah, his birthday is today. Happy birthday, Moses Moody! You're a whopping yeah, 20 Moses years old right now. now. Moody, Moody's got a chance again. I mean, I you know the Warriors are in good position right now, and so now they just need to go out, take care of business, use the experience that they had. And just play the kind of basketball they're capable of playing with. And the only time – the Warriors over – well, that's the last two seasons just kind of throw them out. But for the, you take that run that they had and then you take this this sixth season and put them all in perspective. Nobody really beat the Warriors. The Warriors helped beat themselves. They're their own worst enemy. Because the only time they get in trouble is when they stop playing Warriors-style basketball on the offensive end of the court. And yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. I was, I, and, and just to add to that, I've been saying this Warriors team, when they're fully healthy, they've never lost when it matters. Like I, you, in this dynasty era, I mean, they lost in the 2016 finals in a large part because Stephen Curry was hobbled. Andre Iguodala was hobbled. They've lost Andrew Bogut, who they were counting on as their, they're really their, their only center uh, on that team. He was out for game six and seven. And then of course, 2019, they lost like half their team. Uh, you, when they're healthy, I've never seen this team lose. It's remarkable. Well, because they play the game the way the game was meant to be played. They pass, they move, they cut, they play unselfishly. Uh, you know, that that's It's fun to play that way. It's fun to watch it and play that way. And it just puts so much responsibility on the other team to be able to adjust to what they're doing because you force them to make numerous decisions as to what to do when they're doing all of that movement and all of the passing. And they're going to make mistakes. And fortunately, the Warriors also have intelligent players who can recognize those mistakes and take advantage of those mistakes and create easy opportunities for themselves for themselves to score. And, and that's the beauty of, of the Golden State Warriors and what they've done in six of the last eight years. Mm, it's absolutely remarkable. A lot of people are criticizing Clay Thompson. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the streaky shooting, um, although he's always kind of been streaky, but his defense has been more of a cause of concern just because for the first time in his career, we're seeing people, and, and more specifically smaller, quicker players, kind of blowing by him. He's having a harder time staying in front of the, the really fast players. But I don't see that type of player causing him problems uh, in this NBA Finals. Your thoughts on that, please? Well, it's actually irrelevant because, <laughs> no, it's team defense that wins. Right, right. It's not individual defense. Team defense is what wins and help not wins, helps you to have a chance to win because the greatest defense in the world without a good offense is not winning a championship. Yeah. Get that straight, okay? Defense doesn't win championships. Defense gives you the opportunity to be a champion if you have a good offense. <laughs> well said. Have you I want to change I want to change gears for a second. Rick. By the way, you look you look uh you look excellent. You just got back from a trip to the Mediterranean. Um among many among many places. You can talk about that whenever you want, but I have been to Venice like you have and, and a great astute observation that it's a very unique city. There's nothing else like it in the world. I, I was turned off by the number of tourists myself, but um, yeah, it is I, I came right at the beginning. Fortunately, it wasn't overwhelming. I can't even imagine what it must be like during high season because oh. there was still a lot of people there. It was beautiful. I mean, I would highly recommend if you're going to go to Venice or you're going to take a cruise and go to the Mediterranean, you want to go in May. Weather was unbelievable. 
not mm. crazy hot. Uh, you don't have to deal with all the thing with humidity, and you don't have to deal with crazy, crazy crowds. It was absolutely fabulous. Bravo, bravo, sir. Um, and and you can follow Rick Barry on all social media platforms at Rick Twenty Four Barry. In case you do decide to post pictures of that, people can see it there. Uh, while you were away, I started watching a TV show, and I don't know if you if you had a chance to check this out. It's been the cause of some drama and, and controversy a little bit. It's called Winning Time. It's oh, on yeah, HBO yeah. Max. Have know, you seen I it? I got to see the first four episodes. I have to want to check the other ones out. It's reprehensible to me. Interesting. Okay, well, well, okay. I'm guessing you're saying that because of the character portrayals. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay, so if you take that part of it out, because I mean, I, like, I'm not, I wasn't immersed in that world. So I'm, I'm guessing you know all these people personally. So I could understand a special level of uh, disappointment or whatever issue you have with it. But if you take away that and understand this is a fictionalized portrayal of that time period, is it still a really bad show to you? Or, or do you see some value in it when you? No, I think it's interesting to kind of see how things went, but knowing those people and knowing what BS <laughs> a lot of it was and the portrayals of the people was such a disservice and injustice to them. I know Jerry West is just livid over that. Justifi justifiably so. I mean, but even some of the other players, if I were Kareem, I wouldn't be happy with it. I mean, they certainly portrayed him as, as not exactly, you know, the, the nicest person in the world. They even portrayed magic in a negative fashion at times. And Norm Van Leer, I mean, I, I mean, it's like not Norm Van Leer, but uh, Norm Nixon. I mean, it, a lot of the people that they had on there, that's not who they are. Can I mean, you, I, I just was very probably the only guy that they came closest to was, you know, Jerry Buss was that kind of fun-loving, great guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was kind of like that. But most of the other people, I mean, Jerry West throwing these and doing it, and, you know, I mean, come on. It's, I mean, no. So, uh, so Jerry I, West did did not care as much about winning as they portrayed it in the show? Oh, no. He cared about winning, but not to the extent that they had him throwing things and doing, I mean, come on. It was like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I didn't know about the coaching situation that year. That, that was enlightening for me. I'm nine episodes in. Did you see yourself in there? Yeah, it was terrible form on the free throw. <laughs> I, I rarely have ever seen clips of you in a Rockets uniform. Uh, that was fascinating. Whoever was playing you, they, yeah, you did the underhanded free throw and everything. I, yeah, I, that was terrible form. Absolutely horrible form. So, so what? What? So, okay. So Jerry West is not nearly as honorary as as obsessive as he's portrayed in the show. Uh, no. What about like Paul Westhead? Was that if that's his name? I, yeah, Paul right, Westhead. Yeah, yeah, what about I, him? Is that I fair? Didn't, I didn't really know. I didn't really know him. You know that much, or been around him and stuff. So whether they portrayed him properly or not, I can't really say. But I do know the other people and the players that I knew and the people I did know there. I just gave you my my opinion, which basically is they did a disservice to those people. Gotcha. So even even like a because because later in the show, um, Pat Riley becomes more featured. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that part of it yet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays itself out. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't pleased with the portrayals because I've had people, you know, say things about me and people have opinions about me that are just so crazy. I was really happy to see it. I will say it because I've learned to kind of let it roll off my back, like a water off a duck's back and everything. Good, good. I can't say that it hadn't hurt. I mean, the portrayal that I have or what people have written and said about me as a person but I was really happy to see 
I read something. I'd never seen it before by Frank Kendrick, who was one of our teammates. He was a rookie that year and came play to Purdue. And he played with, he was with us most of the, of the entire season, but they had, but he didn't get to play in the playoffs because we traded for Bill Bridges to get somebody to play against Chicago and, and guard uh, Bob Love. And he was an important addition to our team with the experience and all that he had. But Frank even said in the story when I wrote it, quoted by him saying, well, yeah, people always said, oh, Rick Barry, what an a-hole he was, and blah, blah, blah. He says, no, he says, well, I don't know. And then everything, he says, he wasn't that way. He was a great teammate. I mean, so that made me feel good, you know, that a guy there was able to stand up and tell people that they were wrong because that's them reading from guys like my dear friend, Bill Simmons, <laughs> you know, calling me an a-hole. Uh, who never has met me or known doesn't know me or whatever. I mean, so that's why I can relate to what we're talking about with, you know, the Lakers portrayal of their time there, that it's, it hurts. I mean, it's just sad when somebody's out there and making you into something that you know you're not. It's perception. You don't, you don't have any recourse, but you don't have any recourse. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, mean, I really, it does bother me to this to no end when I, that happened. I just again, like I said, I I, I heard early on, like Raymond Ritter uh, uh, came out publicly and said that is not Jerry West and who he is. So when I when I came into this, I was just kind of putting the character portrayals aside and just like, for example, I never even knew um, I, I never even heard of the of the head coach's name uh, who they brought in, Jack McKinney. Jack McKinney. I never I knew I never knew anything about him. And then from this show, I now know that they actually brought him in, that he was an assistant coach on that Trailblazers team that. A right. couple years after your title, won the title themselves, and and you know I didn't know any of that stuff. He was, and, he was an assistant to Ramsey. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, you know, so so for me, that I I take great joy in that. I don't, you know, you're right. Magic Johnson is portrayed as someone who just sleeps around, sleeps with anyone pretty much. Kareem, yeah, very uptight. Although he goes, he does loosen up toward the end of the show. Uh, but I, yeah, if you get a chance, I don't know if it, if you don't like it, you don't like it. No, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch the rest of it just to kind of see what they do and see how it plays itself out. But it was, it, yeah, overall, um, disappointed in the fact that they did a disservice to the players because that kind of hits home with me. Yeah, no, I get it. No, I get. I totally get that. Um, speaking of players, uh, more on the more current level, I want to play the soundbite for you. This was. Uh, and speaking of talking heads who have no playing experience, yet love to espouse opinions left and right, um, Colin Coward, uh, and you've been on his show, right? Is he one of the uh, – you like him. Do you I've like him? On, I don't I've know. Been on his show a number of times, yeah. I, actually, he came up with something the other day that I would listen to the first time I'd heard it, and I kind of liked the idea, uh, very interesting, of taking the three-point line and shortening it up and taking the corner shot away. Interest that is – very interesting. Very That's a- interesting. Yes, because a lot of players get a lot of shots from that corner and doing things. It was it was an interesting take on it because the game has gone so much to the three point shot now. I mean, my gosh! I mean, when you looked and see how many times player teams shot when it first came in, teams hardly ever shot three point shots. I mean, now the majority of the shots are three point shots. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's abused. It's it's abused. Well, um, so well, Draymond Green was on the show. No, it's not it's not abused if you're shooting the kind of percentages. That you're shooting. I mean, That's you're not fair. abusing it. You're taking advantage of the opportunity to put three points on the board instead of two. So That's I'm not fair. saying it's abused. It's just that it's extremely difficult to defend it when the court has that much room for guys to shoot from all over the place. And so if you cut down on the main amount of space available, teams would have a better opportunity to defend it 
True. Maybe a little bit more successfully. But even then, the shooters are getting so good. And the fact that, and even like the ball handling, I mean, the drills that they have, and you see these young kids doing stuff with the ball. There's kids out there who are seven and eight years old who handle the ball better than I ever could. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, real quick, before, before I play this bike, I don't want to forget. Your son, Canyon, who plays for the Iowa Wolves and, and is also a, a great three-on-three player. He might play in the Olympics. Um, he should have played in the last way, Olympics. He's on, his way to, he's on his way to Serbia now to go play in an event. Phenomenal. Um, I, I had a random question because he, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, he has a PhD in nuclear physics. Is that correct? He has a master's. Master's, okay. He has a master's, de- master's degree in physics. He has a... He has his, his degree in, uh, no, in physics, in nuclear engineering. He has his degree in physics from the Honors Oof. College, and then he went and he has his master's in nuclear engineering. I was going to say, if he ever, I wasn't sure if he had his PhD or master's, because if he had his PhD, I was going to backtrack and start calling him Dr. Barry. But uh, so he's not quite there yet. Yeah. So he's still, he's still Canyon for a little while longer. Okay. Yeah, he's, um, still, he's still Canyon, but he's, he's very, very smart guy. And it's just, I don't yes. know, it just breaks my heart to see him. I hate to see any talent misused and you know and i'll tell you another player that i think's talent was misused and stuff i mean it hits at home people say oh it's just being the father no i'm very honest you know that my son brent never really had the chance to play the game the way he was capable of playing interesting I mean, seriously he was i mean he should have been a point guard on some team i mean you could have cross matched him defensively um but my gosh, the things he can do with the basketball, or at least put the ball in his hands more. When he was given the chance, I told you the first game he ever played at point guard, he started when they traded Gary Payton away at Seattle. He had either 16 or 18 assists in the first game oh. when Mike, when, when Nate McMillan started him at point guard. Underrated, underrated talent. No, Brent was a fin- I mean, he got his ring, so I'm really happy for yeah, him yeah, there. No, but, uh, you're right. San Antonio, he even said, he said, boy, he said it would have been great to play with the, the way that the, because Pop made a change. And he opened things up more and gave guys a lot more freedom in doing stuff and pushed it and doing everything. He says, man, it would have been so much fun to play with those guys if we could have played the way that they were playing, you know, recently as opposed to back when he played. Interesting. That is interesting. Um, anyway, so here is Draymond Green on Colin Coward's podcast. And I'd love to get your feedback after this because uh, Kevin Durant certainly did have some feedback on this. Here is Draymond. If Seth Curry comes down and he calls for a pick and roll every play, nobody's going to say a word, including Kevin Durant, by the way. Nobody's going to say anything. That's not who he is. That's not what he does. And so when when you watch a game and and Kevin Durant was absolutely incredible in those finals runs. As you know, you watched it. We all watched it. Kevin Durant was absolutely insane. Steph Curry got double teamed probably seven times the amount that KD did in a, in a given series. So when you watch those games and you say, ah, his numbers could be a little down, he's facing a double team. And by the way, this isn't a double team from the Orlando Magic. This is a double team from a team that's playing in the finals, <laughs> which we know if you're in the finals, you're going to have a good defense. These are real double teams. This ain't some team that's throwing together a game plan the night before and then rolling there are players out there that can't play half dead. This, this isn't that. Right. This is elite teams throwing elite defenders at guys. And yet the guy still averages. I, I'm, I'm not sure what his finals average is, but I'd be willing to bet my bottom dollar is north of 23 points. Yeah. And so 
the games and, and the impact that he has on the game, if you don't understand basketball and, and thoroughly understand, not, not understand a stat sheet, if you don't understand right. basketball, which most people don't in your space, then, yeah, you're going to come out and you're going to say, he needs to validate that by finals MVP because that's all you can see. You then go and you say, oh, man, this guy won finals MVP. That must be the guy who's doing X, Y, and Z. But if you can analyze the game and see, that's, where, that's when I say new media. That's where I feel like this space is going to rock. No one analyzes the game anymore. That's a lost skill. No one does that. And if you have the potential or if you're capable of analyzing a game, then under no circumstances are you going to say Steph Curry need a finals MVP to validate who he is. What are your thoughts, sir, on that? 100% with him. He's absolutely right. I mean, it's I mean, these people. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I get so sick and tired of it and having to listen to this stuff and all. I mean, and some of the times, even with the people are doing it, a lot of times when I watch the games, I'll record them so I don't have to sit through everything. And so I, when I go back, I, I actually turn the sound off because I sometimes I get so annoyed. I'm saying, what game are they watching? What are they talking about? I mean, it's just like, I mean, they're watching a different game than what I'm watching. Why didn't you say this? Didn't you just see what just happened? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> are you ready, Rick? Are you ready? Yeah. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> You're right, Jack. You tell them. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's so pathetic sometimes some of the things that come out of the mouths of some of these commentators. I, I, I just, boy, I wish I can get back on and be on a show sometimes to have to listen to that BS and to be able to counter it. It's incredible. And then so Kevin Durant took exception to this uh, and it became like a Twitter thing today. So I'll show you what he wrote um, and I'll read this aloud for the audience, obviously. Uh, so Kevin Durant initially said, from my view of it, this is 100% false. So, and then I tweeted that that video out. And uh, and I did say something that was not nice, but it wasn't anything, you know, abnormal. I, Kevin Durant's fragile ego cannot handle it. That was my response to him saying this is 100% false. He replied to me publicly and said, I guess it's my words versus Dre's. We all know who you choose in LOL. Um, and that's not it. So then I wrote one more thing, Rick, and this is something you and I have talked about a lot on this show, which is the why of Kevin Durant leaving. Like nobody to this day knows why. I think we can speculate pretty strongly the reason, which is that he wanted his name to be the, you know, the marquee for whatever team he was on. And Stephen Curry, this was always going to be Stephen Curry's team. And so it ultimately came came down to an ego thing, right? It's it's although we've never heard it from him. And, and I would personally love that. But Kevin Durant replied to that as well. And here's what Kevin Durant said to that. You so entitled, LOL, I don't have to tell you anything. I've never met you a day in my life. And once again, he did not answer that. So uh, that was my day with Kevin Durant. Any thoughts on that, sir? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Kevin, you are, again, what I classify as an anomaly. There's never been a player like you in the history of the game. You're an incredible player, an incredible talent. Don't respond to any of this BS while you're there playing. Wait till you get done. Then you could do like I'm doing now and just tell them to go stick it where the sun doesn't shine. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, you're you're above that. You're, you're too good to have to respond to that and let that stuff bother you. Um, you know, I, I I had to learn how to do that myself. 
just leave it alone. Leave it alone, Kevin. Just let let whoever wants to say whatever they want to say and play your career out, then get done. Then when you start doing interviews and stuff, then you can let it all come out. But while you're a player, just ignore it. Seriously, don't even want to read about all that crazy stuff and all. It's just not worth it. Yep. You're, too, you're too good to let any of that stuff affect you in a negative way. It doesn't matter. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, as stupid as it may be. <laughs> well, in this case, you're saying this is a, are you saying Draymond Green's opinion was stupid? No, I mean, everybody, no, I'm not saying Draymond Green's, I mean, he thinks it's stupid. He's entitled to his opinion as well, but don't comment on it. So yeah, Draymond yeah. made his comment. So let Draymond make his comment. That's good. You, as long as you know, and you're comfortable with what the situation is, you don't have to defend yourself. You're too good. But Draymond was extremely complimentary to him. I mean, he said the guy one, was unbelievable. And there is one more chapter to this story from today. And you're recording this on May 31st. Draymond Green uh, added one more comment on Twitter. He wrote, you have to learn to listen to full takes and not snips before you get baited into tweeting, damp. Well, exactly. So he may have only heard or somebody brought up, and I've had that happen before. Like, I had one time I said something about Mike Fratello coaching, right? And so Mike got on there and everything, and he was upset about it. And I said, Mike, did you hear the entire thing that I said, everything I said? I said, obviously you didn't. Yeah. I said, you know, and then I told him what it was, what I had said about him. I said, Mike Fratello is one of the guys that was causing the NBA to you know, become boring because of the fact that, you know, no, seriously, because back they were scoring they were scoring 70 and 80 points in the game. I said, yeah, but you can't blame him because the talent that he had couldn't play an up and down game. He didn't have the athletes to do it. His job's on the line. He's trying to win games. So to win games, minimize the possessions of all the great athletes, play tough defense, and keep the score low so you have a chance to win. So, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, so it's like, why take offense to that? Yeah, you, that's what you did, Mike. <laughs> and I don't blame you for doing it because you're trying to keep your job. I didn't, like it. Just... I didn't like it, but I understood it. And so that's, the same, so that's exactly what transpired in that situation. So I can totally relate to that. And Draymond is right. I bet that, that Kevin didn't hear the whole thing because he was effusive about Kevin Durant, how great he was. Correct. Right. Absolutely and then he just something out there talking about Steph. He was there trying to defend Steph. He wasn't trying to put Kevin down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. It was one little snippet. That is correct. Um, so many people are just so damn sensitive in this world now, Rick. It's 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 annoying, is what it is. But yeah, well, I'm just hoping that you know these guys they got a little bit extra rest to get ready to go. They're playing at home. Just come out and play the way you guys played in the last series, and you'll be just fine. They had the one letdown in game number, you know, and it's hard to beat a team four times in a row and sweep. But take care of business at home, okay? That's yeah. what you have to do. Just take care of business in this first game. Don't give the Celtics any hope or life by letting them win the first game and getting the victory that they need to get to become champions. And then you don't have to worry about whether you can find a way to win in Boston. You just take care of your business at home and you're the champions. There you go. Uh, there's also reports that Gary Payne II, incredibly. Maybe back. Yeah, he might be available for game one. Andre Iguodala is now practicing with the team. He's been out since the, the first round. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. is looking likely. If, what is your, I guess, uh, here's, I'd love to know your predictions, obviously. I've, I've been saying... If the Warriors are completely healthy and health does continue to abide, I think the Warriors will close, close us out in five games. I really do. 
Um, if, if there are issues with health, uh, I think this might even go seven. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your predictions for the NBA finals, sir? You know, I hate doing the predictions and stuff. Who wins? In fact, I talked to Tim Leggers. Yeah, they always tell us we got to pick who wins. I said, here's the deal. You don't know. I don't know who's going to I don't of know course, who's, yeah. well, who's not going to play well, as I said at the start of the show. If the ideal happens and both teams play their best basketball in each game, the Warriors are going to win the series. Now, how many games? I don't know. It depends upon if they play the entire game great. I mean, I always said when I was coaching and doing stuff, I try to tell my team, guys, if we can play 40 minutes of focused basketball offensively and defensively, we are going to win a lot of basketball games because most players and most teams have a difficult time focusing for that length of time. Just look at the Warriors in the last game. They looked like they had it totally under control, 20-something points ahead. Next thing you know, it's eight, right? Fortunately, they didn't let it get any much closer, and and who knows what might have happened if Dallas finds a way to win that game and go back. I mean, you don't ever want to get to a game seven. I mean, seriously, I know. I mean, I we lost at home in a game seven to freaking yeah. Phoenix. I mean, it'll haunt me the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, and, and a game that people I was accused of being upset with my teammates and quitting on them and not Well, that's Simmons' thing. Okay, that's so, Simmons and Hal McCoy. Yeah, but that's not just Simmons was out. But yeah, but but the whole thing about it is, is people did it. Some other person did a whole big thing about it that I happened to see on the internet that I, I wasn't looking for anything. It just popped up. Okay. That's the kind of stuff that... It just drives me absolutely insane. Trust me. Of course. If anybody knows me, to think that I would, under any circumstances whatsoever, not try to play my best to win? What do you, I mean, seriously, I would rather slip my wrist than do that. <laughs> what did you read? Do you mind if I ask, or is it not worth your time no, to bring it up? Guy talking about the things, oh, Rick Barry, you know, the thing, and he didn't play and he didn't do this and everything. And then they're showing video clips. Say, well, his teammates didn't come over to defend him. Then he looked at video door at, at halftime and he, he, was, he saw that his teammates didn't come to do it. He was upset. And then they show video clips of me. I'm with the ball doing it instead of, yeah, he didn't try to shoot. Well, hell, I had guys guarding me close in and I'm passing to my teammates to give them opportunities. What is wrong with that? <laughs> right that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy is right that's two of the things we do all the time on the show it is real easy to find those things in life i can tell you that but man oh man oh man i don't know see just like the same thing here let's say we just made a perfect example of what can happen if kevin durant heard the entire interview that you played it was a situation where draymond green was there to defend steph curry (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't about Draymond Green. I mean, it wasn't about Kevin Durant. It was about Draymond Green defending Steph Curry. And he happened to bring up a point to th- in defense of Steph saying that he was double teamed so much doing things, but he didn't negate the greatness of Kevin Durant in any way, shape or form. So what the heck difference does it make? I mean, the bottom line is they double team him and the idiots gave more opportunity for Kevin Durant who kicked their butt. <laughs> oh, I love it. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant can get a shot anytime he wants because most of the time the guy guarding him is about six or seven or more inches shorter than he is. I mean, he is basically like a seven footer. I told you, I have a picture. I walk around and I show people. It was a picture of Kevin holding, holding the trophy. His MVP. He's holding the trophy for me. He dwarfs me. <laughs> He's a big seven feet. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's never been a player 
who plays the game with his size like him. And it's not like he's he's not some big Herculean guy, some Greek god like LeBron James with all the muscles and everything else. I mean, he's a really tall, skinny guy. I mean, you know, let's say a thin guy, not skinny, a thin guy who's just an amazing basketball player who became a better player by getting an opportunity to play with the Warriors. He never would have become the player that he is today had he stayed with Oklahoma City because here he got to play a different brand of basketball where he got the ball in his hands. I said before he came here, Kevin Durant is going to get more easy shots and have more fun playing basketball than he's ever had in his life. And he did, but apparently he didn't have enough fun to stay. So, I mean, I I still don't understand that. I really don't. I mean, it's the same thing with Shaq and Kobe. I mean, you know, and it just breaks my heart every time I think of Kobe because I really they admitted it. They at least they at least came to terms with that later in their lives, and they even had a sat down interview together where they both admitted their egos got the best of it, and they regretted splitting up. Thank and you. and that's right. what I had said when it happened. I said these guys somewhere down the road are going to sit back and say, "What the hell were we thinking? We they had did. a chance to be one of the greatest teams and one of the greatest duos in the history of this game and win multiple championships, and they just pissed it yeah. away." I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. And the same thing with Kevin. I, I think someday he's going to look back. He had a chance. I mean, how many players go to a team where the MVP, two-time MVP of the league, is willing to take a subservient position to you and give you a chance to be the guy? I mean, my God. I mean, it's that's unbelievable. And to play with the quality players that he had – I mean, it's no telling what the Warriors could have done. They would have won another one if Clay and he hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, it was a miracle for Toronto to be able to have that happen. It's the only way they could win. And, and even then, if Stefan made a miraculous shot near the end when they had Draymond Green wide open, and nobody ever talked about that one, that Draymond was wide open on a lob pass to the basket on that play that they threw to yeah. Steph, and nobody talked about that, okay? Anyway, right. you know, and that's that's the thing of doing stuff like Draymond said, Draymond, I can analyze a game, okay? Uh, so... <laughs> And that's this is what happens, and I respect what Draymond said. He was absolutely right, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Is your is your is your buddy Tim Legler ever coming on? I, I I've given up. I've emailed the ESPN. No, 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 no. We're, maybe we'll try to get him on. You know, before the playoffs are over or something. I'll get, I get right. you know, on the air, but I I'm sure. Hey, I just did him a favor and went on his show, so he needs to twice, come on. twice, yeah. yeah. In the last few months, Rick, I love you, man. I and you're right. The people don't analyze this game enough. Uh, here's here's an example. And this well, is a here's the problem. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, they get too analytical when it comes to t- statistics. Well, yes, I, I my my mantra is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Moneyball does not belong in the NBA. You know, I I feel like they've gotten a little too carried away with creating stats. I mean, there's there's stats that they call clutch, where it's like statistics for. Five minutes at the end of a game, if the game is within, I think, five points. And they just came up with this thing called clutch where there's special stats for a situation like that. They come up with so much nonsense that doesn't bear much relevance in terms of judging an athlete or a team. That's my position on it. I don't know if you agree or not, but that's 100%. But the thing is, I've learned that I did more things in my career than I ever realized I had done because we never paid any attention to that stuff. Right, exactly. My name pops up and he joins Rick Barrett. Oh, I did that? Wow, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) What I really love too, Rick, is you dominated the – you you made the NBA Finals twice, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And and you you put up such tremendously huge numbers in those two series – 
that every time the NBA Finals rolls around, your name is on that TV screen all the time because yeah. of the records you set. It's impressive, sir. It's yeah, very well, impressive. this doesn't matter. So I didn't pay any attention to it. Like I said, I, the one that I saw that just blew me away with that, as I told you, is that I would imagine if you were out to go and go to any younger person who's been watching the game, hasn't been around a long time, and say, who do you think is the old, who has the highest scoring average having played at least in two NBA Finals a certain number of games with the minimum that you usually have, which is, what I don't know, 8, 10 or whatever the hell it is, and everything, has the highest scoring average. It's me. I was blown away by that. By a significant number of points. I had no idea. No Bravo, idea. Sir. Because that's not why I, pl I played to win. Love it. I love it. Um, you know, I'll save the last question for, for when you come on Lockdown Warriors. I was going to ask about the Warriors zone D. Nah, dude, forget it. Well, I, well, I'll ask you again. The Warriors have been implementing a zone defense, which is um, odd a little bit, but given just in the sense that we don't see it much, it, it's been working. And I feel like it's going to work even more against a Celtics team that just that does not have the outside shooting that the Mavericks did. What are your thoughts on that? Are you liking these weird little schemes you're seeing out there uh, defensively? No, I think it's good because it makes the other team have to think twice and have to make adjustments, and it depends upon who they are. I mean, obviously, you don't want to necessarily do that against certain teams that have guys who are smart enough when you see a team's playing a zone to go kick your butt on the freaking offensive glass yes. because you don't have screen-out responsibilities in that situation. You're in an area, and if they overload and do something, you, one guy can't screen two guys off the boards. And so you have to be – selective as to when you do it and who you do it against and who's on the floor for the other team. And so if you're making the right decisions and for them, it seems to be working in that guard regard because a heck in some of the games, I was I kind of shocked how they just dominated on the boards. I mean, in a couple of games against Dallas. And this is the thing I'm a little only concerned about here is the size of, of Boston. Okay. And let's, let's see how that plays out for them uh, in this, uh, in this game. But if they just play their brand of basketball and don't get caught up with doing too much of the one-on-one -on -one stuff, keep playing the kind of defense they're playing right now, they will win this series. How many games? I don't know. It all depends, <laughs> upon, it all depends upon how well Boston executes. Yeah. You know, if Boston plays like they played in a few of the games against the Miami Heat, the Warriors are going to kill them if they're playing their game. Mm. I mean, they got, crushed, they got crushed by the Miami Heat a couple times. Yes, so they did. Why the game, that's why the game is it's, it's so intriguing to me because the, you don't. there's no answer to it. There's no rhyme or reason as to why certain things happen in the game. And that, that's what sports is about, is that there's no definitive way to figure out what's going to happen. You just have to kind of watch it. And if you're a fan of the team, you have to hope that your team goes in and executes well. Like I was, uh, I was so disappointed. I said, what are they doing? Why stop what you're doing? You guys are killing this team. And all of a sudden you let them back in the game. I mean, they, I mean, if a 20 something plus point, at, you know, lead to let it get down to eight points at home. I mean, it's almost like that's inexcusable when it comes back to what I talked about. The one key word focus. You have to stay focused on what you're supposed to do on both ends of the court every minute you're on the court. Unfortunately, a lot of players have a difficult time doing it for extended periods of time, and that's why they have these lulls. Yep. That's the beauty of sport, especially in basketball. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited because I'll be at game two. Oh, uh, okay. And so uh, it'll be fun to go ahead and see that in person. 
and see what's happening out there. Although, to be honest with you, when you get a chance to watch it on TV with the replays and everything, you can actually analyze it a lot better than you can just happen to sit there and not get a chance to see it because sometimes, you know, the screen doesn't always put all the replays on up there. I mean, anyway, it's it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm pulling for these guys. Uh, I'm proud of them for what they've done to get to this point. I, as I say, I don't think anybody expected them to uh, to be there in the finals, especially the way things were going late in the season. So congratulations to them, to the coaching staff. Uh, congratulations to Mike Brown for his new opportunity to go and play and uh, you know, coach in Sacramento. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I hope everybody stays healthy. I hope that Clay has a more productive playoff as far as playing at the level he played in what we saw in game five, that he plays more games like that than he did in the other series. But mm-hmm. we've seen that before. But the beauty of it is this season, he's got pool to pick up the slack sometimes mm. when he's not doing well. And hopefully Jordan will play at his best. I'll tell you one thing that I'm most impressed with pool. I don't know if people talk about it a lot. When he dribbles, when he decides to go ahead and explode, he is lightning quick with that step. And it's not like he goes, it's in fact, he actually does blow by people. But when you do that, if you get the player, and I've you, you've heard me mention this many times, you don't need to beat your man. You only need to get even with him. If you're shoulder to shoulder with a defender, he's toast. I love it. Who's paying your bills, sir? Who's endorsing you these days? We got a few things, right? Well, you know, we got the same situation. I mean, obviously, it's, uh, you know, Medicileaf, M-E-D-I-C-I-L-E-A-F.com. You get a nice discount on cannabinoid products, the greatest stuff. I use them on a daily basis. It's just amazing. I, I love them. I'm a big believer in them. And you get a nice discount with the code 24. And then here in the Bay Area, we have a great company called Go Sleeves, S-L-E-E-V-E-S, which has incredible stuff for your knees with kinesio tape built in for your calves, Achilles, elbows they come out with now. They're working on other products. Great product. I use them all the time. Um, the, the knee sleeves that I use because I had, you know, four knee operations on my left knee, no cartilage in there. I wouldn't be able to play pickleball and do the things I'm doing without it, but it felt so good. I actually wear it on my good knee as well because it just feels great. It's good for recovery. A lot of long-distance runners and people are getting into using this stuff. If they just go to that website, GoSleeves.com, just read some of the testimonials and read more about the product. It's an incredible product. Roy and Darren have done a great job with that. And the code there is small letter RB, RB24, and you get a great discount on those as well. As I said, I've had them for a few years now, and I still have the same pair. I mean, they're they're wonderful. They're, it's a wonderful product, and it can help you. So give it a shot and check it out, and, and I'm working on – a few other things, another great product to do that Medicileaf's gotten involved with because they've gotten the cannabinoids in it is uh, Aloe MD Plus. Aloe mm. MD Plus. Man, mm. this is unbelievable. It's, uh, it's it's an aloe-based product. If you know anything about aloe, it's been around for centuries. I mean, and it's uh, it's just a great, great product. So you can check that one out too. I haven't gotten a code and all for that. I'm going to have to do that. But uh, I guess if you order it, I think you still order it on the Medicileaf site. So if you do okay. that, you put the code in, you could probably still get it with the code 24. But yeah, and just had a great meeting with some other stuff. I got a bunch of cool stuff that I'm going to be coming out with. I mean, seriously, it's uh, I'm so blessed and excited. I thank God I have my health and I just hope my son has gotten himself back healthy after his, uh, you know, some surgery on his knee to try to help with a bruised bone. And hopefully he gets back and performs well and in, in the 3X3 and gets a chance to be, 
going to the tryouts and make the USA 3x3 national team and get to play in the World Cup again, where he was a gold medal winner two years ago, a couple of years ago in 1919, in 2019. Right. And now, we'll see. And then hopefully he'll, his dream of being an Olympian will still possibly come true. That would be awesome. And these, it's weird. These bone bruises have always been around, but for some reason, this lot in the last year or so, it's been highlighted. I've never seen players and individuals going under under the knife, missing so many, so much time. You know, I've seen experts talk about bone bruises and how the bone is literally bruised and it's more serious than people have made it out in the past. And that's yeah, weird. It's just all of a sudden it's inflicting yeah. people. I never. Well, here's the thing is they're getting so, so athletic and these guys, they jump high, they're coming down, they, you know, the pounding and everything else. And, in his case, I mean, he had no structural damage. Everything was great, but they went in to do something where they did something to put something on it to protect it so that it wouldn't get worse and it would help to negate um, the injury, you know, becoming even more severe for him. So we'll see how it works out. He's a great kid. I like to see him get a break to do something. I just I dream and I just look and I see the way the Warriors play. And I'm just saying to myself, oh, Steve, if you could only see the way my son plays, he is such a perfect Warrior player because that's oh. what he is. He would be such a great player on the Warriors team. It's, But anyway, you know, it, life is such that it is what it is. You play the cards that you're dealt, and, you know, exactly. if it was meant to be, it would happen. But, man, he would be such a great Warriors basketball player. There's still time. There's still time, Rick. Know, and by the way, you, you're – I said you never know. Yeah, and you've been advocating for pickleball for, for a lot of years now. You play in tournaments. You've won countless, you know, trophies and, and received accolades. No Are you gonna, like, this is just an, an idea. What's up? I said no trophies, just medals. Oh, medals. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, okay. Have you ever thought about maybe like creating your own line of pickleball rackets? You've been, I feel like that would be a, a wildly That's, successful. They're called, they're called paddles. And paddles. I'm, I'm so and sorry. Rack, You're right. They have, they, have, they have rackets and they have paddles. Rackets are in tennis. Paddles are in pickleball and uh, you know, paddle tennis and stuff. Are there going to be a line of Rick Berry paddles? For, no, for no, 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 no. There's so many te- There's so many people out there right now. I'm nice enough that the engaged pickleball people <laughs> give me, let me use some of their paddles to do it. They've been great for me. I've won you know, a lot of national championships and world titles and stuff and doubles. And so I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be playing in a tournament in San Clemente in the weekend after next. And that'll be fun on the PPA tour. But uh, yeah, and then hopefully get back and uh, won a few more medals at this year's uh, U.S. Open stuff and playing in October in the Nationals again. So we'll see. And it all depends upon whether I'm lucky enough to get a good partner because you don't win by yourself. It's a team game. There's two people. And so if your partner doesn't play well, uh, you're not going to win. And if he plays well and I don't play well enough, we're not going to win. So that's that's the beauty of it. And and plus, singles is too hard. I mean, I, I just don't want to beat myself. I think I could do really well at my age group because I don't know if there's that many people in my age group who can move that well. But I don't want to beat my knee up because I want to be able to use it for years to come. So anyway, I love it. everybody, go Warriors. Let's uh, all hope that they're going to play the way they played against uh, the Dallas Mavericks. If they do that, everything will be great. Let's get this first victory coming up on Thursday. And then hopefully I'll get a chance to see them go up two to nothing on Sunday. Beautiful. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.